celebrate our seventh year of sharing thoughts on the parasha, we're bringing you highlights from the collection. This Devar Torah was originally published in 5777. See Rabbi Avital Hochstein's whole collection in English and Hebrew at hadar.org slash Avital Hochstein. This is Rabbi Avital Hochstein, Parashat Vayechi 5777. Seeing in Genesis. Vayechi marks the closing of the book of Bereshit. This is a book that can be thought of in different ways and from varied angles. The book of Genesis is a voyage from a land of chaos to the creation of Adam and onto a vast tribe. A voyage from let us create humanity in our image to a group whose ancestor was called by the decree of Lech Lecha, go, a group called the children of Israel because you have fought with beings human and divine and you prevailed. A voyage from the creation of the heavens and earth to the children of Israel who are not in their land, but they have upon them a commandment from Yosef to, when God remembers you, bring up my bones from here back to the land of Israel. A voyage from a divine creation of heavens and earth to human productivity. Yosef saw three generations. One prominent action that is repeated again and again in the book of Genesis, an action which accompanies much of the doings in the book, marks significant points of transition and is used as a tool for clarification, is seeing. Thus, the book of Genesis, among its many possible nicknames, might be called the book of seeing, a book in which seeing plays a significant role. For example, at several points during the creation, we find God saw that it was good. So too, before the flood, God saw how great was humanity's wickedness on earth and how every plan devised by their minds was nothing but evil all the time. And again, at the end of the flood, when Noah removed the covering of the ark, he saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Also prominently during the telling of the Akedah, binding of Isaac, at the moment of the dramatic reversal appears the verb to see. When Abraham looked up, he saw a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. Similarly, when Yaakov is given Yitzchak's blessing, the events take place in the shadows of a lack of seeing. When Yitzchak was old and his eyes had stopped seeing, he called Esav. Yaakov approached. He approached and kissed him. He smelt the scent of his clothes and blessed him. And he said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of the fields that God has blessed. In this way, the action of seeing appears tens, if not hundreds of times in the books of Genesis. In the following lines, I will offer a short voyage following the action of seeing in the book of Genesis. I will focus on seeing that takes place between people and God, and I will mark three stages in this voyage. In the first, God is the one looking, and people are the subjects of his vision. In the second stage, 
God marks objects that become the subjects of both God's and people's vision. In the third stage, God reveals himself as an object to be seen. This revelation eventually produces the product of mutual vision, a vision in which God is known, is revealed in a deeper way than what is seen, and receives a name given by the people looking at him and seeing him. A. God sees people. In different places throughout the beginning of the book of Genesis, God is described looking at people, looking, seeing, and being disappointed. For example, in the period of Noah, the Lord saw how great was man's wickedness on earth and how every plan devised by his mind was nothing but evil all the time. When God saw how corrupt the earth was, for all flesh had corrupted its ways on earth. And thus again, as God looks at the people building the Tower of Babel, the Lord came down to look at the city and tower that man had built. And once more, when he looks at the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, I will go down to see whether they have acted all together according to the outcry that has reached me. B. God and people see together. After these experiences of looking, it seems that there is an attempt by God to create a joint experience of looking by offering objects that both God and people look at, and through this joint looking to create a connection. For example, with Noah, God said, This is the sign that I set for the covenant between me and you. I have set my bow in the clouds. When the bow is seen in the clouds. And once again with Abraham, when God tells him to go to the land that I will show you. See, people see God. As the Sefer of Bereshit, the book of Genesis, develops, and with it the relationship between God and people, we are witness to a change from a joint seeing a seeing of one object by both people and God, to a process in which God himself is revealed. God revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Yaakov, who actually sees an entire divine camp. Revelation seemingly expresses God's will to be seen. From people's point of view, this revelation and exposure of God is the basis for two repeated responses. The first is a looking which is mutual. This mutual looking is often accompanied by an act of giving God a name, a name that is given as a result of the person seeing God in light of his looking. These responses turn the act of revelation from a one-sided act into one which expresses relationship. Not only is God being looked at, but he is identified, recognized, known by the people for who he is. There is an element of establishing, realizing, and affirming in the seeing that is followed by being named. First, mutuality. This kind of mutuality is expressed in places 
where the direction of seeing is not perfectly clear in the verses. Thus, a double meaning is born, which gives birth to a picture in which seeing is being done simultaneously by the two sides looking at each other. For example, we are told regarding Avraham at the end of the story of Binding of Isaac, and Avraham named the site God Will See, whence the present saying, On the Mount of God He Will Be Seen. Avraham actually spells out a moment of change. Even though the verse speaks of God who sees, a God who will see in future tense, the actual description of the future is in the passive of a place in which God will be seen, where God will be the subject of the vision of people. We are no longer speaking of a place in which God reveals himself with the hope of being seen, but a place in which God is seen by people. The emphasis moves from God to people. We can read the verse also as two different simultaneous aspirations. An aspiration that on this mountain, which is the mountain of God, people will continue to be seen, and on the other hand, as an aspiration of God, that on this mountain, in this place, God will continue to be seen. Another example for the divine request to be seen, which turns into a mutual one, is with Yaakov. As he flees from his uncle Lavan, he has an experience with a divine, at the end of which he declares, So Yaakov named the place Face of God, meaning I have seen God face to face. Second, being given a name. As mentioned before, when God reveals himself in order to be seen by people, the product is often a naming of God by those people. God's revelation to Abraham leads to an act of naming. God appeared to Abraham. He called God by name. Also with Yitzchak, God appeared to him. He called God by name. And once again with Jacob. Often, naming and the mutual relationship with God come hand in hand and are described simultaneously. For example, with Hagar. At the peak of her desperation, she sees God and is seen by God simultaneously and mutually, and then calls him by name. And she called God who spoke to her, You are God sees me. By which she meant, Have I not gone on seeing after he saw me? It would seem that the unclear statement, whether she sees after having seen or sees after having been seen, is intentional. In that moment of seeing and being seen, Hagar also calls out to God using a name. This is possibly the peak of revelation. Not only is God being seen, but he is recognized, identified, known, and thus can receive a name by those seeing him. In Bereshit Rabbah, this naming of God is advanced to a very initial point in the relationship between people and God, possibly due to the understanding that this is the goal and aspiration of God throughout the book. God's expectation 
to see how he will call them or him as he looks at Adam arises in the context of giving names to animals in the Garden of Eden in this Midrash. It is unclear whether the verse speaks of naming the animals or giving a name to God, the onlooker. And this lack of clarity might be the anchor for the following Midrash. Rabbi Acha said, When the Holy Blessed One came to create humanity, he consulted the ministering angels. He said to them, Shall we make Adam? They said to him, This Adam, what good is he? He said to him, His wisdom is greater than yours. He brought before them the cattle, the wild animals, and the birds. He said to them, What is their name? And they did not know. He passed them before Adam. He said to him, What is its name? He said, This is an ox. This is a donkey. This is a horse. This is a camel. And you, what is your name? He said to him, I am appropriately called Adam, for I was created from the earth, Adama. And me, what is my name? He said to him, You are appropriate to be called my master, Adonai, for you are the master of all of your creations. Before us is a description of God at the moment in which he decides to take a step back. After having created many creatures, now he brings them to Adam and looks on to see what he would call them. The Midrash describes how this seeing becomes mutual. God sees Adam, but this seeing brings forth a want to be seen. Thus, God asks Adam to give him a name. In order to do this, God must reveal himself to Adam. Adam sees him, and as a result, Adam gives God a name. The outlook that arises from this Midrash is that Adam's insight is not only towards animals. It is also towards himself, and thus reflective, and it is also towards God, God who is looking at him. In other words, it has the potential for mutuality. God's seeing turns him into a being that is seen as well, and through this, Adam names him. Thus, in the journey of seeing in the book of Genesis, God is not described as satisfied when he sees. He is described as longing and wanting mutuality, mutuality which is enabled when he is also being seen. The peak expression of this seeing is when it gives birth to a name, a name that is given to the divine from the one who sees him. May we have the courage to show ourselves, reveal ourselves, and have people surround us with loyalty as they take on the task of seeing and naming. And may we merit to see God and name him. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.